draw at the same time. No, I was just wondering if you had to set up. Oh, fuck. This fuckhead keeps parking there, right? And it's a no stopping. Oh, and, and, and oh, fucking, apparently Cairns Council is going to move this pop, pop, like, dude, the guy's still going to park there at night. If no one comes and book, if he knows no one's going to book him. Fucking potholes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're putting in fucking speed humps everywhere. They want to fix the potholes. Fix the fucking potholes. It's like a go track. Fuck it. And they're working at triple time and a half. Look. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the All Talk Car Podcast. Hosted tonight by Peter Ronis and Halil Mustafa. We've got a live drive. It's not an electric car. Because you can hear the vibration through the microphone. <laughs> That's an engine mount. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the vibration's probably an engine mount. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Well, no, if you put... Actually, look, if you put into neutral... Yeah, what? It, it dies down a bit. Yeah, is that good or bad? Engine mount. All right, we're driving... Because okay. under load, automatic gearbox. We're in a Porsche 968 Cabriolet. In winter. In winter, <laughs> with a roof up. With a... Because... We're, um... It's too fucking cold to drive it with the roof down. I'm just trying to get the settings right, because we didn't... We just went straight into it. So basically, this is one of my cars. This is my first Porsche. I've had it for a couple of years now. I've always loved this car when it first came out. If you don't know what a 968 is, Google it. It's the last of the 944 era Porsche. It was a front engine. It was like the baby Porsche. Front engine. Three litre, four cylinder. I'm going to give you some... Big block. Uh, big block, four cylinder. I want to run through some stats. Well, if you, if you put that into perspective, right? Three litre, four cylinder. That's pretty much like your... You know, it's half of a LS... V8, it's 6 litre V8. Mate, this is true. It was an inline four. So some stats with this car. So basically they were only built for about three years uh, from 92 to 95 during the world. It was a recession in the early 90s. So this is like the last hurrah for Porsche. Um, it's basically based on the 944, so it's, an, it's a, like a final update from the 944, um, it's got the 3 litre 4 cylinder engine, 176 kilowatts in its day, it was the world's most powerful non-aspirated 4 cylinder engine, and it had 305 newton metres of torque, uh, it's a Tiptronic transmission, so it's like a 4 speed um, and it adjusts, back in the day they had four modes which would electronically adjust to your driving style. So, but the up-down is the wrong way around. Yeah, but that was... Um, that was Porsche. Saying, that was standard German. I know. They did, they did that with um, a few years later with the uh, BMWs with the SMG. Oh, was the SMG like that too? Yeah, it was the wrong way. And the Mercedes thought, you know what, fuck it, we'll go left, right. Yeah. So. And then finally, finally, 20 years later, they went, you know what, if you're downshifting, go in 
momentum. Yeah, sorted that out. BMW, one of the first. Porsche only just started doing it now. And they had the push me, pull you toggle switches. This hasn't got any buttons on the steering wheel except for the horn. No flappy paddles. 0 to 107 seconds, Hal. That's, that's, um, that's, that was brisk in its day. Brisk in its day, yes. Uh, 16 inch wheels. Wow. And it was designed by Ham Legay. Do you know who that is? He's a Dutch designer who designed the original 924. Then he went to BMW and designed the BMW Z1. You know the car, the BMW convertible with the doors slide down? Yes, yes. He designed that. Right. And then he came back to Porsche and did the 968, the 993 911, the 996 911. Well, he's got good pedigree. Boxster and KN. And he retired in 2004. So he basically saved Porsche when uh, Porsche built basically the Boxster to get some money in and then they were the first to build the four-wheel drive Cayenne the, which the, saved Porsche. The, the 968, I, I remember uh, remember one of the real estate agents uh, at the time in the late um, in the late 90s um, bought a 968 CS. Yes. So and, um, this is yeah, go on. Cracking car, and uh, but um, he totaled it um, by. Uh, uh, he, he was a fairly competent driver, uh, but his um, ego got the better of him, and he uh, went out on um, on his semi-slick tyres on a on a rainy night in Sydney, and um, basically sent it across a median strip at speed and totaled it. So that's one less because I got some statistics. I didn't know that. So basically, during that time, only 68 coupes were sold in Australia. 29 club sports. So now there's only what 28 left. Well, there's, well, there's no more than 28. And there's only 13 cabriolets. Ooh. Ooh. So that's a very rare. Sounds like you've done some research. I've done some you, research. You might be advertising soon. Sorry. <laughs> And the prices, it was weird because the club sport is fetching big dollars now. Oh, yeah. And that was the time where less is more, but Porsche was charging less for yes. less. So the, the club sport was only $120,000 in 1993. The coupe was 140000 That was a lot of money. You want to know what this was? What? $162,000 plus on roads. Jeez, that was a lot of money. So this was $180,000. Dollars. That's a lot of money today. You know what? No, like, let's okay. Let's put this into perspective, right? Dollar for dollar. We're, we're real estate. We're, we're in the real estate business, right? And yeah. we know people. So, what year was that? 1993. Right. So, 1993, 168 plus on road. 180,000 dollars. 180 grand in 1993. Bought you. Bought you at least. Well, bought you minimum of three units in Liverpool. Yep. Or banks down, right? Easy. They were fifty, Easy. yeah, fifty, no, seventy thousand. They were sixty, seventy thousand yeah. dollars each. Yep. So you could have bought three cash units, okay, which at the moment is going to bring you around nine hundred to a million, plus all the income. Yeah. So this was a ridiculous amount of money, like coming out of a recession, to buy a car. Yeah. Right. And that's probably why there's only thirteen. There's only thirteen of them, and it's funny because around that time, um, we had a friend of ours that bought a 260e Mercedes 
Yes. With a, the the it was a two mind you a two sixty A. It was a. It was a so that's the middle. That wasn't the, the three. Middle, that wasn't the three hundred. Three hundred E was the no, big boy. Okay. Nice car. Okay. Right. Had the uh, AMG body styling everything. Was and that a USC kit or an AMG? No, kit? No, that was an AMG kit. AMG kit. Dealer fitted. Right. Dealer done. Ordered. And um, that was around a hundred grand back then, which again was a couple of units. Yep. And um, this that friend of ours recently sold that for I think ten grand. <laughs> uh, we were going to buy it as a we, project. We were going to buy it just for just like oh, the car was very well maintained. Yeah. But but you know not all uh, not not all expensive cars. Look, if you at the time you could have, probably could have. Uh, Probably could have jagged a, uh, a 308 or a 328 Ferrari, mate, for that money. Even $180,000 today is big money, not 30 or 29 yes. years ago. This yes. Is a, this is a 29-year-old yeah. car. Yeah. Well, again, again in, when you put it into perspective, that's like going out and buying an Aventador now. True. Or a GT2 RS. Okay. Or whatever, a, a, a Bentayga, a McLaren. That's not just buying one of those. Um, it's obscene. I it's know. Obscene amount of money. And Again, it's just why there's only thirteen of them. And I didn't pay that much for it. But this one's in good nick. This is a midnight blue. I right, tell color. us, mate. How much did you pay for it? You no, tell I us. Can't. No, I can't. Well, a couple of years ago now. Yeah. I paid like forty-five grand for there it. There you go. Three years ago, yeah. and they've been advertised about seventy-five. Yeah. But these are really, these are really well looked after cars. And I've been, I was looking for this car. I've loved it from when I was a teenager, and I was looking for a good eight years. There's a lot with a lot of Ks. This one only had one hundred thirty thousand on it. Yeah. And it's the, the 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 color that I really love is that purpley color. I saw yep. I saw one when I was twenty years old. Yeah. So I know it's around, but you're not going to wait for it. Yeah. So Look, this, a, this is a really nice colour and it suits the car. Yeah, and it's got the, the grey, dark grey yeah. interior. Yeah, it's, it's a really good combina colour combination. Um, I, I, I like it. Actually, what does this need a paint correction? I don't know what it needs. Because I'll tell you what it needs. Our good friend Eamon... It needs a wheel alignment. We can organise that. Our good friend Eamon at Leading Edge needs a victim. For him. He needs a dark-coloured car for some training. Yeah. So what? Like paint correction. Like teenagers are going to get no, no, no. He's got, he's, he's, no, he's got some new crew members who are very experienced. He'll be supervising. Yeah. And I think he's uh, he's going to do a, a really cracking deal on um, you know basically charge for a detail, but you get a full paint correction. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll have to we'll give him a buzz. We'll Eamon's always good, guys. So yeah, oh, if, you, if if you ever hit us up and say, let us know when. Um, Eamon needs a victim, okay, a volunteer. Um, we'll pass the details on. Yeah. Quirks of the car. So you've been driving it now. This is the first time you've yep. driven it. Yes. I've been hanging for you to drive it. It's pretty planted on the road. It's like... <coughs> it's, oh, it's firm. It's not... <laughs> it's not jarring. No. Um, and for a th like a 30-year-old cabriolet, it's pretty... But you've never really done... You haven't, you haven't spent a lot of money on it. Hardly anything. Yeah. Look, you could probably, even though it, it does ride reasonably well, but you know what? You could, it probably just needs maybe the bushes and rubbers and stuff. Yeah. 
but yeah, like not a lot. It won't need a lot. It's just going to be maintenance because regardless of if it's thirteen thousand kilometres or one hundred thirty thousand um, for thirty rub, odd years, the rubbers are thirty years old. Stuck. Well, they deteriorate. They dry up, especially when you're not driving it. Yeah. <coughs> oh. We're just down in Mexico. We're on a tiled road. That's what the noise is. It's not the car. So basically quirks of the car so the front end has got those pop-up lights so it's the front end is is mocks the 928 the risky business board sorry pete but can you imagine back in 93 paying the equivalent of three three apartments and this is the ride you got man it's the road it's not yeah, i know but like you just yeah but the roads weren't any better back in the no uh, but what I'm thinking is, I said 928, a 928 GTS, the last hurrah in the early 90s, because yeah. they stopped making this at the same time yep. as the 928. That's right. That was a $220,000 car, oh, brand new. And this was 180. Yeah. And the 928, oh. Look, it was a heavier car? A heavy, bigger cruiser V8 yeah. of, a, of a car. Where this was like, before the Boxster, um, this is, if Hal gives it through some corners, you'll feel the rear. It, it really handles you, you. It doesn't oversteer. I wouldn't call it oversteering, but um, you can really push it through corners. Um, another quirk of the car: it's a four-speed Tiptronic, but when you take off, it takes off in second. So if you put it in the um, gear modes, it'll take off in first. Or if you plant the accelerator down, um, it locks in at first. So. Again, that was a German gearbox type quirk. The Mercedes, I remember the old man's S Class used to do that as well. Take off in second. Um, Just making sure they're not police officers. And they are! Are they? <laughs> but it needs a man. You've got your blinker on. So, um, and the blinker is when you, when you turn your blinker on the dash. It's just one light for it's left and right. One light, so you don't know if you're indicating left, left or right. <laughs> That's so not German. Um, They're on a budget. <laughs> and if no one has showed you how to open the roof, you'll never fucking know. So yeah, these days you've got YouTube. Oh, you've got YouTube. So basically it's, it's an... Like when we had to look for the boot relief because <laughs> there was no power. We'll get to that. So it's an electronic roof. Like you've got the button that goes up and down. But, okay, here we go through a corner. Nice and flat. It's very flat. smooth. Yeah. When it starts working, it's very smooth. You're yeah. not going to get in trouble with this car. No, no, no. It's like a big engine, lazy MX-5. Um, so basically... There's two holes, Al, if you lift your head up, in the, or the roof, with yep. the roof mechanism, right there. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. So, there's two, like, key, like, little spanner with plastic handles. One's for the left, one's for the right. And you don't know which one's which, and I'm thinking of <laughs> putting L and R stickers on them, but, like, so you've got to put them in, and one way opens one way, and when you put in the other side, it opens the other way. So again, it's not like you're opening a tap. It's two different ways to unlock the bolts, and then the roof retracts. And then it doesn't fold in, so it sits on the boot, 
and you've got a car, I've got a cover in the boot. I've never used it where you can then clip in, yeah, clip, like a cover hood, it, yeah. hood cover. Yeah. So, um, I've, whenever I've opened the roof, I've just left it sitting on the on the on the boot. But the other quirk, and, then, um, and I'm thinking, it's this is the Germans are pretty switched on. This this car max out at 250k's. I think you'd need those latches in. <clears throat> Back in the 90s, you don't want your hood tearing off at 200 k an hour on the no, autobahn. Yeah, definitely. So I've got a feeling those latches, that that manual sort of step, is basically there to protect the roof from getting blown off at 250k an hour. So. That's um, another quote. I'm going to go over to YouTube to see if anyone actually did 250 in a 968 cab. Oh, mate, that's what it said. And you know what? If they didn't, we're going to try it. We're going to try it. Not, yeah. not tonight. Not tonight. No, it's too tonight. cold if the roof comes off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a brand new roof. So, um, so basically, that's the, the story of the 968. are a bit dim at the moment but it's it's your um it's similar layout the nine it's 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 the same font as the 928 and then the 968 yes it's not a 911 type dash but they've got the sort of four dials across yeah. Um, yeah, it's very, very simple very german it works everything's there but what they what porsche still do and they did back in the day is it's got so it's two columns you've got your left column which shows park reverse drive neutral and the right column has got one two three four so it lights up what gear you're in yeah so which is quite rare in its day and even modern cars today i mean i know a lot of them have got the digital displays with what gear you're in um but this is like individual little red lights on the dash and tell you what gear you're in um it's got a cassette deck I don't know if it's got a CD player in the boot. I haven't checked. Um, it's got a clock. It's got a lighter. It's got a temperature gauge for outside. And it's scattered all over the dash. It's got a big round button to open the, the headlights, the hazard light, the air con. It's all sort of laid out. Was it a headlight button? It's behind on your left, behind the steering wheel. So it's sort of buttons just sort of scattered everywhere, but it's not as bad as, say... Oh, I don't know, Martin, where there's just... Or a Jaguar, where there's just buttons. Where they went, oh, shit, we, f- we forgot to put the headlight button in. Where should we put it? Well, no, the oh, high, well, let's, the, let's put it in the glove box. Yeah, and, and the high beam light is a push button on your left foot. On your left foot. For Jaguar. So it sort of makes sense. The coupes came with a rear seat where the cabriolets didn't. So you've got, a, like, a partial shelf and two little cubby holes behind the front seats. Um, and there's a bar, I don't know what the bar is, but it sort of moves. I don't know if you can tighten it. That's something I need to look at. But, mate, overall, it's it's not an EV. We'll have to do a, um, 
Love to do a drive when the weather's warmer. Yeah. There's um. There's noise. There's engine noise. Not not like that bike next to us, but it's not like an EV, so you can actually hear it. But it's not um orally pleasurable. What's that? KTM. KTM. Orange. Black. Orange is the giveaway. Is that their? That's their colour, is it? That's it. The KTM's. Oh, well, in other car news. Car news. Another car news. I, I had uh, some time to kill the other day, so I, um, I popped into a BMW dealership and um, just had a look around. What do they got new? What's going on? You know, everyone knows car prices at the moment are all over the shop. So they had a uh, a brand new M three forty iX. Yes, drive. So it's the all-wheel drive. It's an all-wheel three drive. Three-liter twin-turbo six, six. Six, but it's yeah, it's an M light. It's an M light. It's definitely not an M car, uh, but you know, it's a nice car. I, 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 you know, you get, you know, there's that term in the auto industry, sticker shock. Okay. Sticker no, shock. Sti- yeah. Sticker shock was an understatement. It was more like sticker electrified. Sticker okay. electrified. Nice. Like. $145,000 on road. Now, to put that in perspective... Yeah. I paid... When I bought my M3, what, three years ago? Yeah. It was the last of the, the, well, the but it was a, it was a, it was an LCI. It was an update. It was the update. It was an update. Last the F-Series. And that was the F80. And, yep. And I got looked after from our friends at Sylvania BMW. I paid 120 for that. Brand new. Brand new. Brand new. Off the floor. So two years later, okay, a lesser three. car, three years later, a lesser car is $25,000 more, and now the M3 is close to $180,000, 180, on there. Yeah, yeah. What happened? Um, COVID happened, mate. Well, like, that, that's like a, like... Okay, you might say it's a, if, if it went up if 10% a year, it would have been a certain a price. But we're talking, you paid 120. We're talking 20% a year nearly. This is what's happening. We've said it before. So basically, the world is sort of coming back together, chip shortage, whatever, supply chain shortage. We're still not locked down, but the, the usual trade routes aren't open, okay? So... They're going to satisfy markets that are more hungry. Australia is the arse end of the world. BMW ain't going to bring their cars here first. They're going to satisfy the Europeans and the Americans. And we're just going to get whatever's left on the shelf. And the dealers know they've got limited supply. They have to stick to their profits. They've got big expenses. They've got big showrooms. They've got half the cars. The second-hand car yards are empty. So all they've got to do is ramp up the prices supply and demand I'm that's gonna, all it I'm is I'm going to expand on that theory that's all I it think is. the manufacturers have, have wised up as well and they're saying you know what we don't need to build as many cars to make the same margins yes but you've got companies like MG you know, I'm talking about Australian yeah, markets yeah. Their, their supply chain hasn't really been that affected and you can go if you want a brand new car you can go to MG or maybe Kia um, or the, no you can forget Kia not, not the popular Kia models but but the, the, 
Well, they're popular for a reason. People want them. Yeah, but not though. Like, like I'm sure you can find a a, a Kia uh, fucking what? Are, what are the the hatchbacks called? Kia Serratos. Serrato yeah, or some of that. that. Really? Yeah, especially if you want one of the, the top spec ones. And really, except the only the one thing about Australia, which is why BMW, Mercedes, Porsche. AMG have always sent their top spec cars here because Australians buy the top spec car yeah. always op- option yeah, always. today. Yep. So it was just easier always to have the Australian spec version being a C63S. Where yeah. in other markets they offer it as the c 63 Especially in America, there's a lot right. of options. That's right. Everything's an option. Here it came loaded. Fully Very loaded. few options. Right? So um, even most of your cars now, like if you go to order a C2, if you go to get a C200, right? Chances are the demos or the used ones have all got panel roof. They've all got the vision pack. They've all got the command pack because yeah. they're all always ordered like that. Yeah. You know, you will not find a Povo pack, Merc, or BMW in this country. Yeah, but the point I was making is the lesser brands with, without the supply chain, MG, Havel, mainly the Chinese cars. They're going to make inroads. So going back to your point, Mazda and Toyota and companies like that have to react. They're going to lose market share. Um, they're, they're not going to have the turnover, which will have the flow-on effect with parts and service. And the it's, rest un- it's unbelievable. I mean, Toyota Australia... It'll come back. Toyota Australia is not taking orders. The dealers are not taking For orders on Land Cruisers. I oh, know. A, it's a two-year lot wait. It's, it's just unbelievable. Oh, and I saw a, a Povo Pack 300 series. It looks weird. Yeah, it's awkward. It's the first time I've seen a Povo pack. It was a dark blue colour. It looked weird. Anyway, that's the live drive for tonight. So, 968. Thumbs up, Hal? Thumbs up. This Thumbs nice up. It's a nice, nice, this is a nice cruiser. Nice car for 30 years old. Nice cruiser. And, it's a, not, nice to have this in the stable. And I'll never forget when I brought it home, my wife goes, what are you doing with Billy's MX-5? <laughs> <laughs> It was the same colour, and she thought I had a fucking MX-5. I could have killed her. But um, I played along. It's got a great turning circle. No, but I, yeah, it does. But I, I played along for a couple of months, so she doesn't know that I bought it, but she figured it out afterwards. So rate us, review us. I've got some big news. Hal knows about it. I'm going to wait for the other clown to come back from overseas. He's flying in tonight. So I think I'm going to reveal the big news next episode so Roscoe can hear it as well. Um, so basically, uh, we're going to go back to a normal show. Um, a few guests, uh, I've said that we've got the Tesla coming up for the next live drive. So back to quiet cars and I don't know if it's a performance or not. So I don't know if we're going to have headaches for two days. Like the no, we'll be right. Um, so that's the next live drive. Big news on the next episode with, um, with my upcoming trip to SEMA and rate us, review us, download it, like it, give, send us your messages, I don't know, send us an email at alltalk at outlook.com.au. Give us a request on a live drive and we'll, we'll see if we can track down the car. And some listeners have given us, like the Porsche Taycan was a listener's car. Yeah. So if you want us to drive your car, we're happy to do that. and we, We're pretty good. Yeah. We're, we're, we're nice. Yeah, we're pretty good. Yeah, we'll be nice. We'll pretty, be nice to it. You were nice to my car tonight. I thought yeah. you were going to give it a bit. Nah. So just to rev it out. Thank you for listening and bye for now. Good night.